can witness to that tonight, the goodness of God. Amen, amen. It's running after us. You know what? I want to stop and run around and run toward it. How about you? I want to lay aside whatever weight and return for whatever direction, amen, that's unacceptable, unpleasing, and make my way back to the goodness of God. Because we need the goodness of God, amen. It's its goodness that brings us to repentance, amen, that'll help us finish this journey and be victorious over the enemy of our soul. Goodness of God, amen. Again, tonight, let me say we appreciate you this house to worship none other but Jesus told the little lady the hour's coming that the father searches to worship him in spirit truth it wasn't at the well it wasn't on the mountain but he was looking for somebody that would worship him in spirit and in truth that worship him at all times in all circumstances and situations have the revelation and the understanding to know that he was God. He's God. He's God. And as the author and finisher, he's going to make a way. Got your Bibles? Turn with us, 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 4. Let me say it is good to see all of you in the house of the Lord tonight. Appreciate you so much. Praying for those that are not able to be here tonight. And for one reason or another, that God would be with them and keep them. Minister to them and help them. Amen. Praise God. 2 Timothy 4. <clears throat> 4 and 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be yesterday in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things endure affliction. Do the work of the evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. And this is a, the focus first. This is a verse I want to take a thought from tonight. I have fought a good fight. I have fought a good fight. Lord, we ask you to help us tonight with the word of God. The word that's forever settled in the heavens that we want it to be settled in our hearts. We want it to be settled in our minds. We want it to be settled in our spirits. We want it, God, to be established and grounded into us that, that we wouldn't try to change it. We wouldn't try to distort it. But God, we would receive it and allow it to change us. I know we're living in a generation, we're living in a time, God, where there's so many different doctrines and opinions and ideals. But God, you help us with truth. You help us in this end time to hold to this truth and let this word, amen, have its way in our lives. I ask you to bless God, the hearers that's in this house tonight. Bless them in so many ways. And you help us, God, deliver it in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you and you may be seated. I won't finish this tonight. I've got so many different directions I felt. 
getting to studying this and getting into it. And I knew time wouldn't allow us tonight. And uh, I'm not sure just how many avenues that we'll wind up going in before this is particularly over with. Um, as far as I have fought a good fight. I'm going to focus as much on fight tonight as anything. There's a lot of fighting going on in our country today. There really is. From one extreme to the other, for one reason or another. Uh, it can be from just local homes and families. It can be uh, uh, different groups in our community, different gangs. It can actually be in the courts of law. <laughs> Amen. And we see it from city to city, from school to school. Fights, fights, fighting one another. And um, I, I'm going to talk about this some tonight. To fight a good fight. How many likes to fight? How many loves to fight? I didn't figure you'd respond. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. I, you know. um, but on the other sense, we, we got to. We got to fall in love with fighting. Uh, and, and let me get through with all this. Let me uh, touch all the bases, or at least as many of them as I can, not just tonight, but um, the importance. Paul makes it clear here that he had, and he's at his departure. He, he's leaving. He's writing to Timothy. Uh, most believe, most all the scholars believe that 2 Timothy is the last letter that Paul wrote. Amen. Uh, this is one now. That's just scholars and commentaries and amen. And, uh, but most believe even the apostolic commentary. Uh, this, this Bible here that I have agrees with that. Uh, that um, this is the last one that he wrote. Amen. To Timothy, trying his best. Amen. Uh, in the second letter he wrote to him as a young pastor. Uh, no doubt trying to impart into his mind, heart, and soul to establish him. Amen. What lays ahead of him, what he's going to embrace and uh, going to have to continue in. And uh, no doubt we want to finish the course. No doubt we want to hold on to the faith. But what I want to focus on tonight is the fight itself. Amen. To uh, have an understanding of that. And I, I knew there'd be a hesitation tonight of responding. How many loves to fight? Uh, how many used to love to fight? How many love to go to the ballrooms and get drunk and fight? Praise God, I'd expect a big response there either. <laughs> Hallelujah. But a lot of us like to fight, but we just don't want to get real physical about it. But we like to fight. We like to argue. And we like to debate and things of that nature. And we like that more than we want to admit sometimes. And uh, we're going to talk about some of that. Uh, to love to fight for God. To be a soldier. How many of you know that you're a soldier? Let me ask you this. How many of you believe you're in a fight? How many of you have to fight every day? So we might as well love fighting. Now, if you regret it and you hate it, you get discouraged doing it, you get tired of doing it, you're on your way to backslide. You're on your way to give over to the enemy. You're on your way, amen, to cast it in and say it ain't worth it. And so for us not to grow weary we got to fall in love with it. And to, to love to fight, 
Uh, and I'm going to bring some of these things out. There's got to be the probable cause to fight. And then as an elder of our church, I won't mention him by name, says, well, I picked my fights. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's true to a certain degree. But, but sometimes in, on the, in the sense of living for God, doing the work of God, we don't get to pick those fights. Actually, God picks us, and, and, and especially when you start talking about special forces, first responders. You never know when the call is going to be. You never know when you get up in the morning time just what devil you're going to face and how many devils you're going to face. Now, God could warn us. He can. And so, when we talk about fight, one of the most important things is be prepared to fight. you got to be prepared. you got to be ready. And so, these are a few things I want to talk about and give us some scriptures about this. Um, uh, because for the most part of us, we really don't like to fight. We like everything to be easy going, everybody getting along, and everybody's happy, and there's no resistance, and things of that nature. I've said this many times in this pulpit. Uh, people want me to pray, and you know, hey, now this is God's will. You pray there won't be no hiccups. You pray there won't be no problems. You pray not if it's God's will. Amen. They won't be no bumps in the road. And <laughs> Am I right? Praise God. And sometimes we have a tendency and we build our own selves, set our own traps and our own snares thinking, well, you know, if this is God's will, there won't be no problem. Well, that's like saying there's no devil. There's no carnality. There's no flesh. There's no spirit of the world. You don't even have a spirit. You don't even have a say-so in it. God's will is going to be done because there's going to be no resistance. But guess what? There's a pile of resistance out there, especially in God's will. And so, I believe, amen, when Paul is writing to Timothy even here, I have fought a good fight. That doesn't mean, amen, sometimes a good fight is just staying in the fight. It wasn't necessarily that you wanted, but you just simply didn't give up. You didn't, you didn't throw in, you know, you just hung in there. You, you, you kept fighting that devil long enough, but you didn't ever maybe, in a sense, beat him. But you know what? You run him out of town. What do you mean by that? Well, I got that out of a Lewis Lamar book. I heard it one time. I read it. I don't remember which one. But a man, it was one of them sackets. A man, he wrote about him in his town. That, hey, this guy beat him. Man, he whipped him. Sackett left town. Got healed up. Mended it back up. Come back riding back into town. Guess who he's looking for? I don't know how many times a second man had to come. I don't remember that. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? Before it's over with, guess who left town? Because in a few days, Sackett was going to show back up. And apparently, Sackett was putting up a pretty good fight. And eventually, amen, that devil got tired, amen, of that fight. You know what? If you'll just be consistent, if you'll just be steadfast, if you'll just stay in the ring, amen, and won't give up the fight. Hallelujah. That's a good fight. It's not giving up the fight, especially when you're fighting for the right cause and the right reason. The fight is not about us. It's about Him. It's about His kingdom. It's about His name. It's about His doctrine. It's not even about us. It's about the gospel. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about souls. It's about eternity. Amen. So the fight's really not about us. So we're going to talk about some of this. We're going to talk about doctrines. We're going to talk about uh, um, the, the right time to fight, the right season to fight. Why are you fighting? 
and uh, we, we're going to cover some things. I don't know if I got five pages here. I don't know if I cover all of them tonight. We'll try our best, amen, to cover as much of this as we possibly can. You can go to 2 Timothy 4 and 8. You're going to see there where henceforth there was laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which is the Lord, the righteous judge, to give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto them also that love his appearing. 1 Timothy 6 and 12 has taught us this. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. That's what we're fighting for. We're not fighting to have the biggest church. I'm talking about local assembly numbers. We're not fighting to impress people with our talents and abilities. We're not fighting, amen, amen, against a neighboring church or anyone else. Hallelujah. We're fighting, amen, to hold on to eternal life. That is the ultimate goal. I know we're never going to kill the devil. The devil's got his day. In fact, if you read the book, the devil is a loser. God's going to send one angel and go to bind him up. Going to be bound a thousand years. And then after that, he's going to be set free for a season. But then he's going to be cast, what, into the lake of fire. So we know everybody, amen, that follows the schemes and the snares of the devil is going to wind up a loser. And so you and I have got to purposely fight. That's the reason Peter and Paul both addressed to us to be what? Vigilant. To be sober. Because soldiers, amen, is in the battle. Hallelujah. I learned this from reading one of the books of, uh, uh, about the special forces. Uh, they, they had geared themselves at any time they could get some sleep, they, they got it. And man, if they got a moment, man, they, they, and here's the reason why. Because they didn't know what the next 24 hours was going to hold. And they knew they better get it while they could because for they may be on a battlefield for the next 24 hours. And so that 30-minute nap, 45-minute nap that they could catch can make the difference, amen, of them having the strength and energy, amen, to fight for the next 24 hours if that's what it was going to take. And so you and I, and thank God, this, that's why the house of God is so important. Did you know the house of God, the mansion, amen, a refuge? Amen. There was a, a, a Hebrew word. I read it just this past week sometime. But it means mansion, many mansions, and it's called a rest. It's called a place of refuge. That's what the house of God is. This is a place you come and find rest. That's the reason the weary come to Him and they find rest. That's the reason His yoke is easy and His burdens of light. Hey, let's get over that mentality. It's hard to live for God. No, it's harder not to live for God it's more depressed not to walk in the Holy Ghost it's more amen to walk in darkness and things like that no it's a whole lot easier to walk in light in that Lord I've been called out of darkness into his mind it's a whole lot easier to fight with the light on we're not just beaten at dark we're not Paul talks about that he talks about the race he talks about the runner, he talks about beating the air. We're not shadow boxing. There's a real enemy. There's a real devil. And you and I can conquer him through Jesus Christ. As we make up in our minds that we're going to be the fighters that God wants us to be. I don't have the scriptures. and I didn't, I didn't, It just crossed my mind. But I remember one place in the Old Testament... Where there was a gentleman that was fleeing, and there was a young brother, a man that's coming behind him. I believe it was Joab's brother coming after him. Now, this was a seasoned guy, a warrior, a man, and he tried his best to get that younger brother, hey, don't follow me. 
He was faster on feet than he was and things of that nature. But he wasn't as skillful. And all of a sudden, he took and he killed him. He tried his best. He said, you go find you a warrior that you can fight and you work your way up. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. A lot of times, if we're not careful, we don't want to go through the process. We don't want to go through the programs. Amen. To, to be conditioned to fight and be the soldier that God wants us to be. Hallelujah. You could take our military and special forces and any of the rest of them. They got what they call boot camp. Amen. And they got certain trainings and then they advance and they just keep maturing and growing and getting their selves mentally and physically conditioned. Amen. To deal with things. I, who was that telling us here a while back? They was on a base somewhere and it's been a quite a while back, but they seen this guy in full black. Amen. And had this thing on about it. And, and, uh, anyway, amen. He's out in the middle, had a big pack on and, and all of this. And he was running. And he said, what in the world is this guy doing? Come to find out he was getting his lungs conditioned. Amen. For the task that was set before him. So he was going through this process to condition his lungs and get them in shape. Hey, I, I'm going to tell you something. And God's dealt with me back, back a few years ago about the condition of the heart of this local assembly. And the condition of our minds and the condition of our spirit and the condition of our lungs all that's going to make a difference in the fight hallelujah praise God you, you, you and I are not conditioned have you ever just got down here and gotten a wrestle I wonder how many of us could wrestle here tonight I'm talking about really get down and wrestle and fight for about five minutes I probably wouldn't last five minutes <laughs> that's the reason the older people use cheaters <laughs> hallelujah we're just going to run over you or whatever, you know. Praise God. Shoot you. Stab you. Praise God. Bite you. Claw you. We got to get this thing over with. Hurry up. Amen. I mean, sometimes to win, you fight to win. When it comes to the devil, I'm going to tell you something. Hey, the devil don't care. Okay? And um, so I, I'm going to cover some things. But, but one of the first things to understand, what is the ultimate goal as fighters? Eternal life. That's the goal. We're fighting to attain eternal life. That's the crown. That's the goal. And, and, and you know what? We're, we're not going to receive it until either the rapture or we depart and laid into that, that grave <laughs> with this faith and hope of what's waiting on the other side. And so that tells me that everybody under the sound of my voice is a soldier and must be a fighter. In this house tonight. No one's exempt. Everybody. Everybody in the house. Zechariah 10 and 3. It talks about a, a situation. And this is one we'll talk a little bit about. Prepared and conditions. Amen. The Bible says. He talks about my anger was kindled against the shepherds. And I, I punished the goats for the Lord of hosts had visit his flock in the house of Judah, but, but this is the point I want to He says, I have made them as his goodly horse in the battle. A goodly horse. A goodly horse there actually means a prepared horse. You've seen the, the, the pictures of horses with the armor on them and, and how even our own Calvary in the West and things of that nature, how that horses became such an important part in battles and warfares. And you can read about Solomon. Solomon having thousands of chariots and thousands of horses. Now we know the scriptures taught us right the opposite of that in another sense. Not to put our faith in horses and not for them to have horses and militaries and have the numbers and that got David in trouble when his censure, amen, when he, he, he disobeyed 
disobeyed God and had a sense and Joab tried to get him not to when he counted the people and things of that nature. And Joab tried to get him not to because, hey man, these numbers, you know, it's amazing. We, we, we judge success and, and we judge, hey man, uh, having the power to overcome by numbers. Hallelujah. How many is on our side? You know, the politicians, they, they, they judge success by how many voters they got. It doesn't matter how, how much they, they uh, you know, straddle the fence, amen, to attain those votes. They just after numbers, but that's not the way God works. That's not His way of success, amen. So watch this. Most of the time, you're not going to have the majority with you. In fact, with Gideon, that number had to get pretty low, didn't it? Amen, right down to win the battle and for God to give them the battle. And so, you know what? I don't believe God's changed a whole lot, even in the New Testament, for God to get the glory and for God to give us the victory over the battle. We just got to humble and yield ourselves and really put it and really and I, I really feel this really put it into his hands said God now this battle is yours I'm your child I'm going to do my best to obey you but I'm going to put it in your hands you can send the Lord of hosts you can do whatever you cause you don't miss anything you see everything everybody's doing you know what direction they're going you know what they're involved in you know just where they're headed and what they're in going to do you know it all so you know what? I'm going to put it in your hands I'm going to trust you I'm going to rely upon you. I'm going to be the soldier that's going to pray. I'm going to be the soldier that's going to worship you. I'm going to be the soldier that's going to have the faith in God. You're going to see an ending to this battle that I'm in. You're going to give me the victory because I'm totally going to give it to you. Because that's what you and I have got to do. And so here he talks about a man, the horse. Psalms 1 and 9 talks about it. Uh, I have compared the Oh, my love, to a company of horses in Pharaoh's. In Pharaoh's military and his, his, his uh, as horses that are prepared, that's been trained, that's equipped, amen, for the battle. Uh, I'll tell you what, if there's ever been a time, we need to be equipped. The Lord said he'd equip us for whatever battle, for whatever battle that we go into. God will equip us. Now, I'm going to bring some things out. In Genesis 14, 14, this is one of the first times that you actually read about a battle. This is Abraham. It was a lot. In fact, this is the same setting of scriptures I used a few weeks ago when I preached about the pit. If you remember about the slime pit. A man, was the five kings that rose up against the four. Sodom and Gomorrah, the two kings of Sodom and Gomorrah. And these two kings, amen, was the ones that actually fell into these slime pits. Only time it's mentioned in the Bible. Amen. But it's here that it's where one finally escapes because they, when they overcome them, those kings come and took Lot, took all his possessions, amen, and took it with them. One escaped, made their way to Abraham, uh, to Abram at this particular time. And so Abram, amen, amen, took upon himself, he took in Genesis uh, 14 to 14 and said, Abram heard of his brother and was taken captive. So he armed his, what? His trained servants that was in his own house, is what the Bible said, that's born in his own house, three. 318 of them trained servants that he had trained and so we see in fact you do a little study on that a different side of Abram here you see a side of him a preparation that was being made for battles and struggles and you know how he went and he went and he got Lot back he got all of his possessions back and now it was Lot's fault amen for going back to Sodom amen if a wise man what I'd have done I think I'd have went with Uncle Abe <laughs> hallelujah went with some military help and where the blessings of God at but again the bad choice amen that he made 
gate there to go back to Sodom. But if you also notice that that same setting, amen, is where Abram comes back winning that battle. He, he meets Melchizedek, the priest, hallelujah, that's a likener to Jesus Christ, and he pays tithes to him. Man, I tell you what, there's some things that just begin to connect and begin to work. So if we're obedient to God and to the Word of God, guess what? It puts him in the position to fight our battles out of obedience. And if we're faithful with him with tithes and offerings, if we're faithful with him in prayer and supplication and reading the Bible... We're faithful to Him, keeping ourselves unspotted from this world. It doesn't matter what road you're walking down tonight. God's going to walk you with you. He's going to help you fight. He's going to give you the strength, the energy, and the ability to be victorious and overcomer. It's His heartbeat. It's His desire. You belong to Him as a vessel of His. You represent His name. You represent His reputation. When you're faithful to the word of God and faithful to the service of God, you represent his reputation, not just on the earth, but in the heavens, among the spiritual realms, among the angelic host. And God could call on any one of them. Jesus Christ, he told Peter, he said, hey, Peter, you know the story how he pulled the sword and cut out his ear off, his right ear off, and man, cutting that ear off so he couldn't hear. Hey, man, man, need to have an ear so he can hear the gospel. <laughs> Praise God. So the Lord put it back. And you know what? I believe when Jesus done that, I don't believe there's no evidence whatsoever that he had cut that ear off. No blood or nothing. I believe it was uh, nothing they could hold against Peter. When you let Jesus fight your battles, honey, I'm going to tell you what, you'll keep your nose clean, you'll keep your life clean. You keep your heart clean. You keep your spirit clean. You keep your motives clean. But whenever you get involved and you want to do it your way, guess what's fixing to happen? That's what I want to talk about a little bit. Amen. We've got to watch some of this. So the very next verse I got talks about this. Gird thy sword upon thy thigh. O most mighty. This is a call in the 45th chapter of Psalms. 44 chapters actually backing it up. 44 chapters talks about hopelessness and all this other stuff. But here he's calling on the Lord to gird up on, gird his sword on. To come to our battle, come to on our behalf and fight our battles and help us, amen, to come out on the other side and to win this battle, to be victorious over the enemy of our soul. And I'm going to go to a very familiar scripture tonight. And I may go back to some others, some but, but I want to go to one tonight that everybody in this church knows. All the young people know. All the children know. But I want to talk about this little situation with David. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to get in here as far as long as I'd like to. But I'd like to talk about David just a little bit. What I want to talk about a little bit is about choosing the battle. What are you fighting about? Who are you fighting for? The cause has to be right. The cause to fight. Yeah, I've heard of people that loves to fight. They, they would make this statement about them. said, man, they, they'd fight at a drop of a hat. And if somebody wouldn't drop the hat, they would. <laughs> In other words, they'd pick it. They just love to fight. A man just enjoyed it and got involved in it. 
Uh, we can't just love to fight just for the scene. Uh, we don't have to have a, a and, and I'm not going to make it that far. I got five pages and the fifth page, the last, last scriptures is going to go to James. And you can jump ahead of me this next week if you want to and look at it. Amen. About wars and battles. And when, why, why, words it come from, what's all the battling and fighting that's going on. Uh, my personal opinion, uh, there's a lot of fights that's going on that shouldn't be, that ought not to be, because there's no cause. There's, there's no, no, uh, there's no goal. There's nothing to gain from that. When people jump on people because they got their own color hat on, or pull down the wrong street. Or what they call road rage. Because somebody cut somebody off. or That's it's senseless. Somebody told me about the other day. Uh, they, they brought the brochure up here. The young guy that was killed the first of this year. Amen. And, uh, uh, you know, and I didn't realize it was uh, Mr. Perriman's son. But uh, he got to telling me about it. And said, yeah. I said, uh, that they they haven't got anything on it, you know. Nobody arrested for it. Now they supposedly they know who it is and all this. But anyway, he said they went as far as taking and poured deer blood all over his body, just one extreme to the other. Said he was just, he said, and hey, and I could tell that daddy buddy it was, you know, and but senseless, uncalled for, uh, ungodly fighting. It's going on, but you and I as soldiers and the fight that we're involved in is, is different. And the methods and the ways to fight this fight is different. It's different. Okay? So that's the reason we got to understand the cause. Amen for the fight. So let's go to David. First Samuel is the 17th chapter. David. Well, David, if you get to looking close, will really help us out. Amen. Of being the soldier that God wants us to be. David wasn't trained by Saul and his, his generals and captains. His three older brothers were. But not David. David went back home and went to the backside of the desert to tend to some sheep. It's amazing to me. I believe it was during this period of time there's a good possibility. Amen. During this period of time while Saul was training his for battle against the Philistines. Because battle was so common in the Old Testament. They had done it in the springtime. There was a season of battle. There was a time. There was a, 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 a season for it. In other words, the weather that would permit it. Did you know weather sometimes can determine whether or not we're going to win or lose? I've heard some of our own world war, wars, amen, was won because the weather was just right and done certain things. And we gave God the glory for that, for positioning and placing that, man, so we could win these battles. But in the Old Testament, it, it's instructed us how they would have battles in the springtime. And so there was seasons of battle. And so as they had prepared for this season and for this time, and, and you know the story how that they made the way. But some points I want to make tonight is about David. First of all, it was not David's idea to go to the battle. He was sent. He was commanded to go. Who commanded him? His father. His father calls him in from the sheep. I want you to go, and I, I don't want you just to go. 
I want you to carry some corn, some parched corn. I want you to carry some cheeses and a few other items. Now watch this. And, and I know my time, but, but watch this. In battles, and, 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 and even today, it can become a serious thing. What is that? Supplies. Because if you've got a, a military, you can have a million men. But if you can't get food and water, they can't survive off of air. They got to have the means. They got to have. And so the same way as you and I, as spiritual warriors and battles, amen, and, and, and take on the battle of God, you know what? We got to have His bread. We got to drink His water. And then to top that off, we got to be sent by Him. <laughs> when you go into Romans, Paul talks about being what? To preach the gospel. He must be sent. How beautiful the feet that bring the gospel, the good tidings, the good news. But he must be what? Sent. By who? By the Father. He must be sent by Him. He can't be self-calling. It can't be something that just looks like it's highlighted and, and it's glory eyes behind the pulpit. It can't be something that you'd be after filthy lucre or a position or a place or, or a recognition. That don't sound like it's going over too good. But that's true. Watch this. That's not just in the pulpit. That's in every individual. Every member. Now, you don't confess by waving your hand. How many's fighting? How many's in a battle? How many's a soldier? So we're somewhere in this battle, aren't we? We're, 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 we may not be special forces, but we're, we're somewhere. We may not be the army, but we're in the Navy. We may not be in the Navy, but we're in the Air Force. <laughs> we're somewhere in it. And to find that place by hearing the call of God. Because we only equipped. Now watch this. You can't take a captain of the, of the jet and just set him down in the middle of that big old battleship and let him be the captain. Now, you know, direct this thing. He ain't got a clue what to do. Because he hadn't been trained. He hadn't been called. He hadn't been prepared for that position. And so to be a good soldier, the first thing you and I have got to do is make sure we're in the right place. I say this all the time. We don't send Boy Scouts across country, across the world over to fight our battles. And that's not downrating the Boy Scouts. But that, they not, have, have not been trained. They haven't been, they're not mature. They're not at that, that place. They're not at that age. And, and watch this. We send a lot of them. It's awful young. <laughs> Brother Randy and I was talking to the hardware store just this week. And we was talking about things in California and what they're not allowing. You can't do this because talking about truck drivers can't come in there unless they're over 21. But yet we put 18-year-old boys on battleships and, and things like that and send them to fight for our country. Don't make no sense at all, does it? Don't make any. So, So as we watch this unfold, now the father sent him. Amen. The second thing he'd done, he took some vengeance. He took some things for him. And then, why did David get involved? When he got there, he heard what was going on and what was unfolding and what was taking place. You know, and guess who jumps out? Older brother, am I right? Accuses him. He said, I know you're not honest. 
I know what you're here for. And David didn't come on his own. He was sent. But watch him. Why did David, whenever he approached him and called him all, David looks at him and says, Is there not a cause? And immediately, you know what? He doesn't fight with his brother. He doesn't even fuss with his brother. He doesn't even carry the discussion any further. He immediately turns and addresses the situation with the others. They some battles, you know, you'd be better off just act like it wasn't even said. That's going to go over real good. But I'm more on target tonight than some may want to admit. Because we'll fuss and fight over things that don't mount to hill of beans when the sun sets. We'll split homes. Tear up lives. Over stuff. It really don't make any difference whatsoever. As a soldier of God. David didn't even pay big brother any attention about that. He said, now what was the cause? And here's the last and final thing. I know it's already 830. Watch this. David didn't get in the fight, amen, to get Pharaoh's, get Saul's daughter. He did not get in it, amen, to get his daddy exempt from taxes. He did not get in it, amen, for the filthy looker. But the first thing you're going to hear out of David's mouth, amen, is to take the reproach from the God of Israel. Who does this uncircumcised Philistine think he is to defy the army of God? Defy means to stand in the way. Defy means to hinder the purpose of God. Come on, I'm going to preach to you for just a second here. If you're not careful, we'll let little bitty things flare up and rise up that don't have nothing to do with the purpose of God and get wrapped up and caught up in that and fuss and fight and run and, and over years over it. You know what it done? It was a Goliath that came up and it stopped and hindered the purpose of God. That's the reason David didn't pay Big Brother no attention from that point on. He turned his attention to the real problem. That was Goliath. And he never addressed the problem as a giant. He addressed it as an uncircumcised Philistine. I don't have the time tonight, but I'll pick up next Wednesday night. That uncircumcised and being circumcised, that became a big issue. All the way through scriptures. And I'm going to show you in the New Testament. Man, did it ever become an issue. Cause some problems. Amen. God's good to us. I make it up in my mind and heart spirit. I want to be a soldier for God. This is not about me. It's not about my bank account. It's not about any of that. It's about Jesus Christ. You know what it's about? It's about revival. That's what it's about. That whosoever will can come in here and find truth and find the Holy Ghost and find God. For that's what it's all about. This one Goliath for 40 days had come down and defied the army. Had stopped the progress. 
I mean, David went running down there to see a battle. There wasn't no battle. Immediately when Goliath got up and got to roaring out to, you know, God of mine, come war against me. Man, all of them got to hiding and doing. David's looking around and saying, what's the deal? What y'all? Now watch this. And his word, as he turns to, to the next guy, the next verse it goes to, and the word makes its way to Saul. Man, he could have got offended at big brother. What he said about him. Well, I just take my cheeses and my corn and I just get my stuff and go back home. Boy, I'm more right there than you think I am. <laughs> if I don't get to sawing, if I don't get to do this, and if I don't get to do that, I, I just, it's kind of like a little kid. I just take my ball and go home. Where are you going to go? To whom are you going to? Ain't but one kingdom. It's not but one body. Not but one head. Where are you going? Isms and schisms don't belong to the body in any assembly. All of them has been born again to the water and the spirit. And we're all the sons and daughters of God hearing the voice of God. God's not confused. And He's sure not in the time of battle. Now you're talking about a horrible time for a, a, a leader to get, get confused to be in the, in the heat of a battle. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Bow, get us another. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they would probably have done that. <laughs> but they're well trained. They know. They know what to do. We're in this to fight. You can stand. I'm almost I'm gonna finish with this. I, I don't want to pass my time already. I'm going to finish this. And I know I've kind of jumped around a little bit. But, uh, but I remember reading. And I've I made mention of this before. And um, it was, I believe it was in Iraq. I'm not sure which one of the countries. Um, Afghanistan. One of the other. Anyway, we had special forces over that was working with some of those guys. Amen. Trying to train them, mold them, shape them as to become special forces. And to, to, you know, fight for their own country and stand for their rights and things of that nature. And so, sure enough, uh, our, our, our special forces were with them. And so when they come into a place, you know, they come in on the helicopters, they let them out. And they head into the town, the place where, where Taliban and that bunch was at. And, and so when the bullets went to flying, all of the Iraqis or Afghanistan, which one it was, son, when those bullets went to flying, son, they turned and they, they run back to the helicopters. Our men never stopped. They went straight on in there. They conquered them. They defeated them. They showed them that this is how it's done. And you can't flee. You can't run from it. We was born for such a time as this. And if we'll let God and the Word of God and the Holy Ghost equip us, we can be the soldiers that we need to be for our time. Don't take the tuck head. I don't care what, what journey you're on, what path you're on. As a soldier of God, God will equip you to win this battle. That's right. We just got to have a made up mind. And here's the real thing. I don't want to just be fighting, just to be fighting, just to. I want to recognize the real enemy. And the source of that enemy. 
And the scripture taught us that we don't fight flesh and blood. I'm not fighting you. There were some spiritual principalities. Rulers of darkness. Spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what we're fighting. And if we conquer them and pull them down. You'll be surprised how much we really like one another. I know. I've heard that statement. I love them but I don't have to like them. I find it hard to love people I don't like. Y'all got different genes than I got. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> well, I mean to chop off then. <laughs> Praise God. God's good to us. Hey, we're going to talk about this some. Uh, I, I really believe. Because uh, when you start talking about Preparing, you talk talking about the battle, the cause of the battle. You talk about gird, gird, gird. I didn't get on that tonight. I'd love to. Uh, I didn't get a chance, but we are. Amen. Did you know that even the Apostle Peter said, gird up the loins of your mind? It pay us all every morning to get up in Ephesians 6 chapter. Put on the whole armor of God before you ever go out. If you're going to be successful going out and making it back in... You got to put on the whole armor of God. If you're so busy that you can't stop before you go out, change your schedule. Get in the bed earlier. Quit doing some of that. Now, there's some weights you can lay aside. I promise you. There's some weights you can lay aside. You can always make time for God. I know we're the busy world, but a lot of that we bring on ourselves. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. It's going to be a little slow. It's going to be a slow probably next Wednesday night. We talk about some of this. But you know what? We're going to be soldiers for Jesus Christ. I want to be a soldier for Jesus Christ. How about you? I want to be a soldier for his kingdom. Amen. And you know what? I want to see some devils defeated. I want to see some enemies overcome. I want to see revival in Bendale, Mississippi. And there are some spiritual things that need to be conquered. And guess who's going to? That's us. We're going to have to do it. God's help. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.